0: everyone, another episode of the Middle Eye Softball Podcast, and here to recap an exciting 6-2 win for the Metamora Medburns over the Washington Panthers. This afternoon in Metamora to complete the regular season sweep, and I want to emphasize regular season because I'm still riding my bracketology and saying that I think these teams will meet a third time for the sectional championship right back on this field in June. So don't put a whole lot of stock into that because, like I said, I, th- I think this will not be the last Metamora washington meeting uh, this season. It was an interesting game. Metamora worked the pitching count well, uh, Ogden in the circle. Uh, spots were a little shaky early. She ended up finding her groove as the game progressed, uh, but that ended up being the difference, that early spot where Metamora spotted her 60 pitches in the first two innings, 37 in the first, 23 in the second, uh, two runs in the third – or <laughs> I can't even talk – two runs in the first, three runs in the second, and added on one in the third to get their six runs. Uh, starting with that first inning charge, uh, Katie Ramage had a single. Ellie Schaefer had an RPI single. Kerrigan Hartnett had an RBI single. Nor Johnson drew a walk as well to get that early two-run lead. Uh, and then the second got even better. They were making good contact. And Coach will mention this in a little bit. They were also doing a good job against the off-speed of Ogden. That's one of the things that if you want to be as good a pitcher as she is, you have to do well on the off-speed, otherwise you're in trouble. And Metamore, at least early on, was doing a good job of being patient with it. They were either getting foul balls for the most part, sometimes pretty solid contact, and that's what happens when you're patient. In that second inning, a Brie Bessert single, a Cadence Tills single, RBI single from Katie Ramage, and a two-run single from LA Schaefer, part of a two-hit, three RBI game for her. And then they added on one more, like I said, in the third, a uh, couple of leadoff hits for Kerrigan Hartnett and Nora Johnson before Sydney Trentman, well I should add Maddie Mooney sacrificed her over or sacrificed one of them, both of them over. Uh, and then Sydney Trentman, the RBI sack fly to give the Redbirds their six runs. Now, from there, like I alluded to, Brooklyn Ogden was, as she is advertised per se, got into a lot better groove. Uh, those last three innings that she pitched against the Redbirds, only one base runner. That was a Nora Johnson single in the fifth. Fourth inning, one two three. Fifth inning, five bat, four batters. Sixth inning, one two three. So after those 78 pitches within the first three innings, just 39 between the last three. So a much better job on the back end of the game. Unfortunately, it was just a little too big of a hole too early or as early as it was in the game. Ended up being too big of a hole uh, for the comeback. Now, Washington did put, did put two runs on the board. Brooklyn Ogden, as good as she is in the circle, is a pretty decent hitter herself, I think. Leads the Panthers in home runs. Last I checked, I called the game yesterday, of course, and I don't have those exact numbers, uh, but I do believe she is the team leader in home runs on the year. Uh, Actually, let me skim through the scorebook here. Uh, One of two Panthers with a multi-hit game. Her two-run home run in the seventh uh, erased it being a shutout for the Redbirds. So Panthers certainly weren't going down without a fight, to say the least. And the one thing that I'll talk about, that they were able to get into those situations, kind of like we were talking about yesterday with Canton, is that they were getting hints. They were getting into those situations. They just, at least those good first chunk of innings until the seventh, they weren't able to get the runs across. And they do get the home run from Ogden late. Uh, But I mean, you're talking about two runners on in the first, two in the second, one each in the third and fifth, three in the sixth. So... And you got to give credit to Washington, especially in that sixth inning, uh, after two straight outs. And again, Metamora leading six nothing at the time. Very easy to be doubtful about that situation. Lace off three straight singles: Ellie Redling, Schaefer, Layla Harris, Sylvia Franzoni. Loads the bases for I don't know if it's by average or not, but one of their best hitters, and Carly Vaughn, at the top of the order, who is fresh off a three hit game at Canton yesterday. Uh, reached on a fielder's choice, and the Redbirds uh, get their third out. So, I mean, they were in the right situation is uh, probably the best way to put it. They were putting themselves in those positions to succeed. They just couldn't turn them into runs. They end up uh, with 10 runners left on base, which I think is a, a sign right there that, like I said, they were, getting, they were creating those situations, just not capitalizing on them, I think, uh, is the biggest difference there. Um, all in all, um, back to the Redbirds, I thought Nora Johnson was fantastic, uh, very efficient. Uh, her wor- her quote-unquote worst inning uh, was, I believe, the fifth uh, with 20 pitches. Although, let me see here. Yeah, her worst inning in terms of most highest pitch count was the fifth inning uh, with 20 pitches. That was when Bailey Herrick had a double. Uh, that was the lone base runner uh, for Washington. So that's kind of what I'm talking about is even when they're maybe not getting multiple base runners on base, or yeah, base runners on base, doesn't sound right, but I guess that is right. Um, they were working... Nora into the pitch count as well, a little bit, talk about that fifth inning, especially you look at it on the surface, only a four batter inning, you're not thinking the pitch count would be too high, uh, but it ends up at 20 there, and talking about the Brooklyn Ogden two-run home run in the seventh as well, which I believe is her fifth, Washington fans that may be listening to the podcast can correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's her fifth home run of the season, if if I remember the statistics correctly. Okay, so we're going to go through both team statistics. Like I say, I'd like to make sure I go through these a second time to make sure everybody's accounted for, don't want anybody to be left out in terms of their performance from the ballgame. We'll start with Carly Vaughn, a leadoff hitter, very consistent hitter, reached base three times today. Single, intentionally walked by the Redbirds in the second, popped out and reached on a fielder's choice. Grace Scrivener, strikeout, groundout, strikeout, and single. Bailey Herrick, a strikeout, ground out, double, and a pop out. Malone McKinley, the catcher, walked, grounded out, popped out, and reached on a fielder's choice. Brooklyn Ogden, strikeout, single, fly out, and mentioned her two-run home run. Lauren Campamanis, left fielder for the Panthers, walk, ground out, ground out, single. Katie Colclasier, uh, two plate appearances before Ellie Redling Schaefer came in to hit four a strikeout and a pop-out. And then Redling Schaefer on the back end, single, and a strikeout. Layla Harris out of the 8th spot, the second baseman with a couple singles. Single reached on an 8, or extended it on an E4, uh, struck out, and singled again. Uh, Sylvia Franzoni, strikeout, flyout, and single. And I think, and not that I haven't talked about it enough, uh, especially after yesterday, but I think Sylvia Franzoni has become an excellent, quote-unquote, second leadoff, as you like to say about the nine-hitter in a baseball or softball lineup uh, for the Panthers in terms of creating those opportunities, extending it back to the top of the order. And I, I think, you know, especially like Coach Lawson mentioned uh, after the Canton game yesterday, for an exchange student, first year they've had her, and she, she's been – Uh, quite an important piece for them, I think, especially, like I said, as in that second leadoff position. Uh, Brooklyn Ogden, six innings, uh, 10 hits. The runs were, I believe, all earned. Let's see here. One, two, three, five. Yep, all of them were earned. Uh, Six runs, six earned, I do not believe. One walk. Yeah, one walk. And before I get to the rest of the numbers, that's the one thing that I continue to like about what Brooklyn Ogden does in the circle is, yes, she does every now and again get to those three ball counts, but she does a good enough job of making sure that more often than not the result is anything but a walk. And I I think that says a lot about her discipline from battling back after those three ball counts to uh, only end up with one walk at the end of the day. So a good stat to uh, zero in on there, if you will. Uh, Strikeouts. Looks like eight strikeouts against the Redbird Bats as well, so a good stat there for her, no doubt. And like I said, is the pitcher of record and takes the loss this afternoon. Uh, Redbird stats. Kennedy Knee out of the leadoff spot, silenced for the first time in a little while, I think. Uh, A couple strikeouts pop out in the line out. Cadence Till, strikeout single and ground out. Katie Ramage, who you'll hear from here in a little bit for our player interview. Single, RBI single and ground out. Ellie Schaefer, who's... Ben, an awesome piece to this Redbird lineup. RBI single, two-run single, and a strikeout. Kerrigan Hartnett, RBI single, single, and a strikeout. Nora Johnson, I believe. Yep, the only Redbird to reach in all three plate appearances. Walk, single, and single. Maddie Mooney with a flyout, sacrifice, and a groundout. Sidney Trentman with a strikeout. RBI sack fly and a strikeout. And Bree Besser, a single strikeout and flyout. Nora Johnson gets her 12th win in the circle, 12-1 and one on the year now. Seven innings, two earned runs, three walks, and eight strikeouts in the win. Okay, so still got a lot, lot to get to. A quote-unquote surprising, all due respect to the teams that apply, some interesting scores to get to elsewhere in the conference. Uh, but we got that going on a little ways down the road yet. Got some interviews to get to, and first up, is Coach Linder, who with the win today, uh, career record of three sixty-two and two twelve after the win this afternoon. And here is our post-game interview with Metamora head coach, Derek Linder. Well, Coach, the one thing I talked about with Katie is it seemed like one of the big keys going on today, and we know her as we'd like to think as well as anybody, is countering the off-speed from Brooklyn Ogden. A, do you agree with that? And B, how do you think y'all did against that today?
1: You know, I thought we were really patient sitting on it, which was nice. Um, she kind of hung a couple of them, and that's that's what we got. Um, but you know, just like watching Katie you know, hit, she just kept fouling off those off-speed pitches that were really good pitches, or the, you know, the, the, the pitch on the outside, too. You know, and I was really
0: proud of our, our, our approach at the plate there. I feel like I know the answer to this one, but I feel that start to the game, two runs in the first, that actually I think forced, yeah, it was a 37-pitch first inning, a 23-pitch second inning, to not only force Ogden 60 pitches into her pitch count, but to be up 5 nothing at that point, you have to be pretty pleased with that start to the game.
1: Especially after they had to play yesterday, um, you know, versus Canton, and they pitched her there. And so, you know, to be able to do that, that's important. And, you know, little things win games and little things win championships. And sometimes, you know, being patient at the plate is the way to go. Sometimes jumping on first pitches against somebody that throws, you know, tries and gets ahead of you is the way to go. With her, you know, we had to
0: be patient and that would play it off for us. You could say, per se, you have a little bit more of a stranglehold on the standings now, but how important is it to not be satisfied with that and continue to take it game by game all the way up until the 14th game is through?
1: Well, I think we already learned our lesson on that one with Pekin and um, you know I don't think that that would be a problem with our kids but you know we just got to go out and win one game at a time and if we can go out and win one game at a time you know the the outcome will take care of itself so, you know it's it's about the process it's not about the outcome and that's I think sometimes kids uh, today especially in parents and, and even coaches um, forget that it's about the process and the process is really really important.
0: I want to thank Coach Linder for the time, and obviously you can tell he's pretty impressed, but also at the same time, the importance here is Metamora does have a now game-and-a-half lead back again um, on the first-place position and a little bit of a stranglehold on the head-to-heads um, with the exception of Pekin, who I think is still in the conference title race for sure. Um, but the important thing here for the Redbirds going forward, as I talked about with him is to not be satisfied with your position, approach every game, game by game, new game conference record effectively doesn't mean anything in terms of how you approach the game. Just go out, try and win the day, go one or no on the day and hopefully keep things rolling. Uh, for the Big Red Machine, as Jim Mattson uh, referred to them on the newscast after the Dunlap game. I love that nickname, by the way. Um, so also kind of a whole slew of players we could have picked uh, for this one, and I ended up picking Katie Ramage, and I I made the comment to her before I did the interview with her. I don't know for the podcast, other than the preseason episode, I don't know how many times I've interviewed her for the podcast this season. Uh, So excited to share that interview with her and talk about her. I don't really go into too much detail with it in the actual interview. She uh, had a slide that ended up being a double for Washington where she slipped on a wet spot out in left center field. So we have a good laugh about that, among other things, of course. So here is our postgame interview with Katie Ramage. Well, Katie, I think obviously we got to start with one interesting part of the game I thought was how you guys countered Ogden's off speed. I thought you did good against it in the beginning, then things kind of slipped off. I kind of talk about the difficulty of trying to face a pitcher with that good off speed when she's at her best.
2: Absolutely, because for me personally, I know you know she's going to try and get me with that off speed, especially being like a good hitter like Caden Still. I mean, with us, she's going to pitch that change up a lot, and most likely more than once in a bat.
0: Talk about how important also it was to jump on it early, and I think that was kind of how the game went at their place, if I recall, because I was saying that's too good a team to not need to score any more runs. Kind of talk about the importance to have that mentality against a team of that quality.
2: Scoring early on them is big because, you know, they're always going to fight back, especially with good coaching over there. I mean, they're all going to be able to hit in the bottom of the seventh.
0: Obviously, there's a lot of regular season ahead, but – I think a lot of people think this could end up being a third meeting down the road. Is that just kind of a back thought at this point until the bracket pans out the way it does or kind of tell me about that?
2: I mean, we got several more games until then, so I'll worry about that when we get there, but we got to take care of business for the rest of the regular season.
0: Are you now fully aware that left center field is still in a puddle?
2: Uh, yes, I'm coated all. I'm coated all over with mud, feeling like a wet sock, but you know, we'll get through it.
0: How big was this win just in general? Because obviously you beat them once. Last time you played them the second time here, it didn't go so well. Was that kind of part of in the back of your minds going into today? And now you can probably speak on it a little better now, hindsight 2020.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, last year was a little rough for us, and we came out today and proved that, you know, we can beat a team back-to-back just as easily.
0: Want to thank Katie for the time, and she also uh, had an awesome diving catch. I believe uh, it was the inning-ending catch in the top of the fourth inning uh, to secure a 10-pitch fourth uh, for Nora Johnson as well. So uh, another good defensive game uh, for Katie. Um, and I made I made the comment up in the press box. Not not that I was doubting her on that particular catch, but I'm like, what? Well, I need to stop doubting her. Just. Any fly ball in the remote vicinity, as good as a defender as she is, just assume she's going to catch it because that's Katie. That's what Katie does. And uh, she did it this afternoon as well. All right, out of town segment. I uh, caught a lot to get to, and I think we got to start with an interesting ball game. At Pekin, a game that the Dragons were in control of, uh, leading 7-3 to three after the 4th. And actually, 8 combined runs in the first inning. Pekin led 5-3 after 1. But look out for Dunlap. 6 runs in the last 2 innings. 2 runs in the 6th. 4 runs in the 7th. And Dunlap storms back from down 4 to win the game at Pekin and kind of cause a little more havoc in the conference standings, which we'll get to after we talk about um, all of these games. I, I think that's an awesome win for Jermaine Fairchild and company. And kind of talking about what I was saying with Metamore in the conference standings, important how it's – or. Shows how it's important to not be satisfied with where you're at. Like I said, in Metamore's case with the conference standings, in Dunlap's case with the score in that game, and like I said, coming back for the 9-7 win. Uh, Britton Bailey was their leading hitter for the game, four hits, talking about Pekin, of course, four hits, two RBI. Uh, Davis, three hits, Brogan Hall, a couple hits as well for the multi-hit games. Uh, Emily Matthews has been huge for them over the last couple games. She had a couple RBI along with Bailey, who had two as well. Uh, Brogan Hall, the pitcher of record, tanks the loss, seven innings, 12 hits, nine earned runs, no walks, and six strikeouts on 120 pitches. Dunlap had a couple hitters that led the way for them. Ella Cunningham with three hits. Uh, Gabby Drake with three, Shelby Covey with two. Shelby Covey had the big day uh, with just under, or just under the hits lead, but did have four of Dunlap's nine RBI on the game. Uh, Justice Cruz had a two RBI game as well. Shelby Covey homered twice. Mara Hindenburg homered. Gabby Drake homered. Justice Cruz homered. So the Eagles, not just in terms of getting the comeback in the first place but brought out the long ball, no doubt about it, uh, to secure the 9-7 win over Pekin. Sutton Santoni got the start. Three innings, eight hits, three earned runs, one walk, and one strikeout. Kennedy Clayton came on in relief, is the pitcher of record with the win. Four innings, six hits, one earned run, two walks, and five strikeouts. And again, that's Dunlap defeating Pekin 9-7. We'll get to that in terms of the standings here in just a little bit. East Peoria at Limestone, Uh, E.P. ends up winning 7-1 in a bit of a tricky ball game, Uh, just kind of from what I was seeing on Game Changer. Limestone would get runners in the scoring position and just couldn't translate it for the most part into runs and end up, like I said, losing by six. East Peoria would slowly chip away. One run in the second, third, fifth, and sixth innings uh, before Limestone was able to tally their first run in the bottom of the sixth. That game was kind of moving along quickly. I know it did start, I believe, a half hour earlier. I think it was a 4 p.m. first pitch. Uh, But the Raiders slowly chipping away, and then they added on insurance with a three-run top of the seventh uh, with a single from Kiara Brown. Single from Olivia Strawn as well uh, to get to those seven runs uh, in the ball ballgame. Uh, leading hitters, they had a number of them with multi-hit games. Gabby Lane had three. Gracie Luna had two, including a home run. Sophie Ravallo and Olivia Strawn both had two. Strawn had a two-RBI game uh, as well. Meadow Terry, the pitcher of record, with the win, seven innings, three hits, one earned run, five walks, and nine strikeouts. Limestone, three hits on the game uh, from Liz Grube, Abby Heerman, and Hannah West. RBIs from Grube on the home run, and number of walks drawn, five in total. Uh, Sewell, Herman, O'Neal, Marvin, and West all draw walks. Liz Grube, the pitcher of record, takes the loss, six and a third, ten hits, three earned runs, three walks, and six strikeouts. Matty O'Neill finishes the game off in relief. Two-thirds of an inning, one hit, no earned runs, no walks, and one strikeout. Again, that's East Peoria over Limestone, seven to one. And our final game to talk about: Canton. Uh, Run rules. Morton in five hittings, twelve to nothing. Um, a one-hitter uh, thrown by Tori Birch uh, for Canton. We'll start with their leaders, and there were hits aplenty, of course, with twelve runs on the board. Walters with two, Goforth with two, Smith with two, Birch with two, Turner with two, Murphy with two, Shaw with two. So basically their entire starting lineup with a multi-hit game. Their RBIs, though, a little less spread out. Not that that's a horrible thing. A win's a win, right? Tory Birch with a four-RBI game, including a home run. Avery Smith with a three-RBI game, including a home run. Jenna Goforth with two RBI as well. Jaden Walters, Alyssa Turner, Riley Murphy with RBI as well. Lily Gillis drew a walk um, too. Mentioned Tori Burch throws the one-hitter, five innings, one hit, no earned runs, no walks, and five strikeouts on 57 pitches. Morton Statistics mentioned the one hit came from Carpenter. Uh, obviously no RBIs, uh, didn't draw any walks either. Uh, Carpenter, the pitcher of record, 3 innings, 15 hits, 12 earned runs, 1 walk, and no strikeouts. Gashaw on in relief, 1 inning, no hits, no earned runs, no walks, and 3 strikeouts. And again, that's Canton defeating Morton, 12-0 to in 5. All right, so... One only one other order of business to get to before we call it a night, and that's an updated look at the Middle Atlantic Conference standings. Metamora regains its game and a half lead on first place. It was only a half game entering today. Uh, they pick up a game on Washington Redbirds. 19 and three overall, seven and one in the conference. Uh, Washington currently sits in second place, 11 and five overall, five and two in the conference. And then a three-way tie for third right now. Uh, Pekin is 11 and 3 overall, 5 and 3 in the conference. East Peoria is 16 and 5 overall, 5 and 3 in the conference. Dunlap is 12 and 5 overall, 5 and 3 in the conference. Then outside of the tie, Canton in sixth place, 7 and 9 overall, 3 and 6 in the conference. Morton 4 and 8 overall, 1 and 6 in the conference. And rounding it out with the Limestone Rockets, 4-9 overall, 1-8 in the conference. So one more time, your winners tonight, Metamora 6-2 over Washington, East Peoria 7-1 over Limestone, Dunlap a big winner at Pekin 9-7, and Canton a 12-0 winner at home against Morton. Uh, no post-game podcast episode tomorrow, although there are conference teams involved. Uh, that's because I'm headed up to Pontiac to call Lamont at Pontiac and what should be an awesome, I think, pitcher's duel, um, especially if it's Elena Krause versus Sage Marjetko. By the way, Marjetko just threw a perfect game this afternoon for Lamont, uh, so it should be a very intriguing matchup uh, tomorrow afternoon in Pontiac. If you're curious, I like I said, I'll have the call of that one on Mixler. Uh, And if you've listened to my broadcast before, you know the drill. 4.15 pregame, four thirty first pitch for Lamont at Pontiac. Our next postgame podcast episode, though, won't be until Monday. That's May the 1st. Uh, Morton plays host to Maroa Forsyth. So excited to check out the Potters. I guess it would be for the second time, not counting their game against the Redbirds. Or first game, not counting their game against the Redbirds. Uh, So excited to head out to Birchwood Park on Monday and catch that one. So, want to thank Coach Linder and Katie Ramage for the time post game, and as always, want to thank you all for tuning in. Again, Metamora a winner, six-two over Washington, regular season sweep. But do not put much stock into that. I would not be surprised one iota if these two teams meet again for the sectional championship in June. So, want to thank everybody for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Middle Illinois Softball Podcast.